We are excited to be able to bring a few stories to life from our amazing students through Buckeyes A Broadcast. In today's episode, I am joined by Rachel Klein, a graduate from the College of Food, Agricultural, and Environmental Sciences. As a precursor to today's episode, Rachel participated in an internship that was set up through the Ohio program, or TOP. Uh, the Ohio program is a department within CFAES, which handles international internships. Most top internships are step approved, and you can reach out to myself at vonderhaar.15 at osu.edu if you are interested in learning more. This unique program is planned outside of OIA. Participants are still required to register with OIA and enroll in supplemental travel insurance through our office. It is important to note that this specific program is only available to CFAES students. However, there are many pre-approved internship opportunities available to all majors we would love to tell you about. If you are interested in learning more about international internships, please visit educationabroad.osu.edu and search under the Advanced Search Settings by selecting Program Type Internships. That will pull the full list of OIA internships available. Although top internships are only available to CFAS majors, Rachel shares an excellent experience and one that is incredibly unique. We hope that you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to another episode of Buckeyes, a broadcast. This week, we are starting into a series that we're hoping to kind of get involved with this summer, which is we're going to talk with many different students about education abroad experiences, about how education abroad played a role in, uh, in students' lives and even in their career paths. Um, we're hoping to hear many different types of stories. And this week, to get us started, uh, I'm joined by a very special guest in Rachel Klein. Rachel, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, thanks. No problem. Uh, just to get us started, this information is going to be in the episode notes about uh, yourself and what you participated in. But for the folks listening at home, uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, what you studied at Ohio State, right? What you majored in and kind of kind of where your interests are. So I grew up on a small beef cattle farm on uh, in eastern Ohio, right along the Ohio River. I kind of always dreamed of getting away and going to a big college uh, because I was from a small town. So I ended up at Ohio State. It's where my brother was currently going to uh, college at and both my parents graduated from. But I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. So I started out in medical laboratory science and I wanted to be a doctor. I was going to go pre-med and it didn't take long while I was in classes that I just realized that the type of people that were kind of in that major just weren't the same personality as me. And I just wasn't happy with the direction I was going. And my parents always told me that, you know, it's okay to switch your major when you go to college. Uh, most people do. So I decided to go over to the ag school and get back to my roots and uh, to something more familiar to me. I started in agronomy. Uh, I loved science growing up, loved biology. So crops and soils was just my foot in the door. While I was there, I started working for a part-time job at the Turfgrass Research Center on campus. Just a friend of a friend got me the connection there. And I was working with Matt Williams, who was the manager at the time. And he had a big background in sports turf management, working for the Cincinnati Reds and the Columbus crew. 
and he knew all the turf grass professors and every day we'd have conversations uh, about his old jobs and what he did at the farm and it was great hands-on work i love being hands-on and physical and i love biology and science and i was always an athlete so it didn't take me long working with matt that i realized that that's what i wanted to get into and what i wanted to do with the rest of my life i was actually is the same major sustainable plant systems with a specialization in agronomy i just changed my specialization to turf grass so i was still sustainable plant systems but with a specialization in turf grass that's that's what I thought it was. I was going to ask you about that. So uh, terrific. And obviously, you know, I, I'm a little partial to the major that you switched into as I as I also am from and also work for the College of Food, Agricultural and Environmental Sciences. And uh, kind of the story that we're telling today is, is, in my opinion, a terrific success story of uh, of some of the amazing things that our students get involved with. So thank you for giving us a little bit of a background. I kind of want to pivot a little bit. You know, you gave us a little bit of your journey, right? How you found your major and, and some of the terrific people that helped make it happen while you were at Ohio State, but kind of flipping and talking about education abroad a little bit. Maybe you could talk a little bit about when you heard about education abroad, maybe when you first started even thinking about it being a possibility for you, you know, anything like that. Tell us your story. It goes back uh, before I got to college again, growing up small town, middle of nowhere. I wanted to get out. I wanted to explore. I wanted to see the country and I wanted to see the world. So I knew going into college, college was going to be my opportunity to do that. I just had to find out what opportunities were there. So my first year in college, it was always on my mind, uh, but I didn't really know where to start. And it was more just kind of dreaming. As soon as I switched to a turf grass major, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I was like, I'm going to get an internship in, in sports turf. Mike O'Keefe of the International Intern Program spoke at one of my classes, actually my first year, um, and he handed out cards. And I immediately emailed him. Uh, uh, we talked over the phone and I just told him about myself and what I wanted to do. And that's how the ball started rolling. It was say over a year in the making. It was just conversations with Mike and him getting to know me and what I wanted out of an internship and what I wanted out of traveling and uh, where did I want to go? Who did I want to work with? What was best for me? What, where would I fit in? And it was just him getting to know me. And then we narrowed it down. I knew I wanted to do it in professional soccer and I wanted to go to England in the Premier League because the Premier League is the top league in the world for soccer. And from there, I pretty much could have chosen any team that I wanted to work for. And Mike would have then taken it upon himself to make all the contacts and see if there was any possible way that they would invite an American intern in. Um, we ended up settling on Everton FC because we actually knew somebody there already. Uh, his name was Ryan. He had come in and was a part of the same program, but he was on the other side. So he you know, grew up in England and wanted to come to America and work. So he came in and worked for the Columbus crew, which I, I'll, I'll have to backtrack and explain how I got in, involved in Columbus crew. But so all of the people I worked with already knew him. Mike already knew him and worked with him. It's a smaller club. It's uh, very much a community club. They do a lot of work within the community as well as the soccer side of their organization. And it's a, more of a blue collar type of fan base. And I was like, that sounds like me. That's where I want to go. That's who I want to work with. And, and um, so, yeah, Mike, Mike called up Ryan and asked, is, is there any way? And they said, well, we've never had an intern, let alone a female intern. 
So let's see what we can do. And there's uh, lots of paperwork involved with that because they had to approve it through the club. It took a few months and Mike finally got back to me one day, you know, called me up on the phone. It's, it's official. They're approved. Like, let's get our, our paperwork in line. Uh, yeah, so that's how I ended up at Everton. So back backtracking, when I first started talking with Mike in that first year, in the first discussions, he says, I want to get you some experience in the States before we, we send you over. We're not just going to throw you to the wolves out there. We're going to make sure you're prepared. Um, so he had contacts with the head grounds manager at Columbus Crew. And I volunteered at two matches at the end of the season. And then the team goes on break. We hit winter and there's not a whole lot going on. And as soon as they started up after winter, uh, they hired me on as a part-time employee. And I did a full summer internship with them as well. So I got a fantastic base of knowledge and experience in Columbus at a pro soccer team before I headed over to England. And I was very much prepared uh, when I got to England. Um, I'd say they were, they were kind of surprised at how much experience I had and, and how well I knew um, not only the science behind what we were doing, but also the actual hands-on side as well. So that, that goes both to my classes I was taking at Ohio State as well as the hands-on work experience that I got. Definitely. And what a perfect path, right, for you as someone that was looking for an international internship, not only did you were you able to find one, but the mentor that you were working with that helped coordinate that internship made sure that you were prepared for an international yeah. environment by making sure that you, you know, you had, <laughs> what, what a unique experience, right? You kind of have these mirrored examples of you had your internship here in the U.S. and you got to see how a U.S. club was run and really learn the ropes of being a turn, turf grass intern and then taking that abroad, obviously just an amazing story. And I want to plug uh, Mike O'Keefe and the Ohio program really quick. They do terrific work within the College of Food, Agricultural, and Environmental Sciences. For those of you students that are in CFAES, um, the Ohio program is a great place to go if you're interested in an international internship along the lines of what Rachel uh, has already shared and is going to share more about today. And we'll include uh, Mike O'Keefe and the Ohio program's information in the episode uh, description. But before we get too far into the internship, I want to talk about the travel a little bit. So, you know, you know, you're going to go to this club, you know, the job that you're, you're going to do once you get over there, you feel pretty prepared as far as that goes. How did you prepare yourself to travel abroad, you know, in general, right? Because for, for many students, that'll, that's going to be their first time, you know, going international at all. Uh, but more than that, right, this is, a, this was more of a longer term program for you to be in for an intern there. So what did you do to prepare yourself to travel abroad? I had no idea what to expect going into this. I had never flown outside of the United States before. Um, I had I had to get my passport uh, that fall um, because I didn't have one. So I, I went through that process, which was pretty easy. Uh, my mom actually got it for me and my brother for our birthdays. Went to the post office, got our pictures taken, went through that whole thing. I had actually gotten the chance to go to a couple of conferences through STMA, which is Sports Turf Managers Association. They meet once a year uh, nationally. And I actually met um, some of our equipment reps. A lot of our equipment comes out of Europe. And I actually had met some people from England and they were giving me all kinds of tips um, as far as what the 
plane ride would be like and what it's like when you get off and get uh, go through customs, uh, what not to bring, um, all the rules you need to follow, that sort of thing. Uh, and that made me a little bit more comfortable. But when I got on that plane, I still had no idea what I was walking into. Actually, funny story. I got off the plane and I, I just followed the people in front of me but I ended up like walking through the door and not actually getting my passport stamped. And uh, I turned around and the doors were closed and I couldn't go back through. And I was like, uh, what do I do? <laughs> it's like, if, if anybody stops me at any point in the next six months and asks for my passport, it's not gonna have a stamp on it. Uh, so I had to talk to some people and like, they escorted me back through. Uh, and I got, I got that stamp. But yeah, make sure as soon as you walk through the doors, walk to the official looking people and get your passport stamped. <laughs> don't don't ac accidentally sneak into a country. That's what that's what you're saying yeah. for the folks at home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I ever told anybody else that actually. No, that, that's that's hilarious. But I, I'm going to flip so it hilarious. because it's kind of a lesson, right? Like, you know, you're in this new environment, a totally new place, and you're on an international flight. And what did you do instead of panicking, right? When you walked through the, the gates, you could have, I guess you could have panicked and kind of you know, maybe hid your passport and just cross your fingers like it was going to be okay, but you didn't, you know, you yeah. went and you asked the right person for help and just yeah. a, just a good lesson in adaptability there. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> that, that. That thought did cross my mind. I was like, well, if I just don't get this stamped and hope that nobody ever stops me in the next six months, you know, <laughs> well, that's not a chance I really want to take. So let's figure this out. <laughs> sure. That's hilarious. Uh, before we get into the, uh, like, what happens because you and I both know what happens once you got to the internship. But for those folks at home that maybe don't know anything about turf grass, why don't you just talk a little bit about what a turf grass internship looks like in general, what your, even both of your internships, just the, the actual, you know, the work and the internship side, what, the, what does that look like on a daily basis? Okay. So um, a lot of times when people hear us say we're turf grass majors, like, Oh, so you mow grass for a living. Well, yes, I mean, we do, but that's that's not really what we're doing. So uh, turf grass is a very um, big picture, broad idea over a long period of time. We're working in sand-based fields, which means it's all artificial environment for the grass to be growing in. So it's designed to drain at a certain rate, which means it doesn't hold water and it has no nutrients in it. So we have to provide it with all the nutrients. We have to provide it with all this water and we have to make sure that it's capable of actually taking those things up. So yes, we mow on a daily basis. We're mowing at less than an inch, which means um, you can't take off more than one third of the leaf blade at a time. So in order to do that, you can't let it grow too high. So we have to mow every, every day, every, every couple of days to make sure that we're maintaining a, a low height and that's for, for playability for the ball. But I uh, am involved in what we call aerating. Um, so that's getting air oxygen down to the roots. And also it helps decompact the root zone. We'll fertilize. I help fertilize and spray, uh, put out um, liquid as, as well as granulars and learning all of how to read a label and uh, know what rates you're using and, and that kind of stuff. There's little jobs like uh, very uh, attention to detail is huge in our industry. Um, stuff like edging the side of the field, uh, especially at the stadium. It's all about aesthetics at the stadium. You got to have it look good for TV as well as the fans that are there the day of. 
the training grounds is a little bit more performance based. I mean, they're both performance based, but stability is is what, mainly what you're focusing on at, at a training grounds and aesthetics is more so what you're looking at at a, at a stadium. So yeah, we do lots of lots of sure. little jobs good. <laughs> I'm glad you explained that because I always like to take time. You know, I'm a big, I'm a huge sports fan. And one of the, you know, things I think that some people maybe forget about is just how valuable the turf, the turf grass professionals are not only, obviously your two experiences were in soccer, but you know, baseball as well. And, and about a whole bunch of different sports, just as far as how the field is managed. It's the reason that I always like to say it like this. It's the reason the game is able to be played. You know, yeah. it's the foundation that, that this game's built on. So I wanted wanted to kind of give everybody a little walkthrough, and I think you did a perfect job explaining what that looks like. Now, kind of moving into, right, the story side of this internship. So, you know, timeline-wise, for the folks at home who, who don't know this, your internship started right before COVID began, right, in 2020. Could you walk us through that timeline and, and what that looked like when you got to – when you got to England and, and kind of what walk us through just, you know, those few weeks as things were changing very quickly and, you know, how the decisions had to be made and that sort of thing. I believe the country shut down three weeks after I got off the plane. Um, so I actually didn't, I don't watch the news a lot, especially when I was at college at Ohio state, I was going to class working and pretty much eating dinner and going to bed uh, every day. And I didn't have a TV. So I wasn't really keeping up with the news and I got off the plane and sitting in the break room with uh, everybody on the ground staff, they were joking about this COVID that was happening in Italy and how it's, it's just the flu and, oh, everybody's going to be off work. And, and then three weeks later, the country literally went into lockdown and we were all off work. And so it started out as this joke and turned into a very serious thing. And I remember our last day we were on site, we were all socially distanced standing in a circle and we all said to each other, you know, I think this is going to be it. It's, I think we're going to walk off site today and not, not come back. Nope. We don't know when we have no idea how long this is going to last or when we're going to see each other next. And uh, I spent a week and a half pretty much with no answers. Just, I was in a B and B as, um, I guess I can go into to that a little bit. Um, yeah, uh, please. Yeah. So I didn't have any housing arrangements. And, and Mike had asked the, the head groundskeeper and the assistant groundskeeper at Everton if, if they had any suggestions or if they had any way of helping me find someplace. And um, somebody on security at the club actually owns a B&B right down the road from the training grounds, which was perfect. So they hosted me. Uh, I paid monthly rent for them, but I had my own little apartment uh, with a, a, my bedroom, bathroom, living room, a little kitchen, um, but I, I had very little appliance. I didn't have a stove. I had a, a hot plate, um, toaster oven, and a microwave, and I got pretty creative with cooking with just that. <laughs> so yeah, I was, I was alone in my apartment essentially, but um, I'd go over for dinner once a week with my family at the B&B. They had two, daughter, two teenage daughters, um, so that was my only interaction with anybody. Um, my bosses were texting me every so often just to see how I was doing. Um, I'd go for a walk through, we lived in a little village right along a river and there was a path. So I'd walk through the village, I'd walk, walk along the path um, just to kind of keep my sanity and, and get out and do something. I started a puzzle. Uh, I started working out in, in my uh, room, playing guitar a little bit. 
but it was literally just anything to, to keep my mind busy because the longer I sat by myself, you know, it, it's hard. We're not meant to be alone. For sure. So, um, week and a half, two weeks goes by and we finally got word that they had let a few of us back on site as long as we remained socially distanced and wore our masks and everything. And there was only a select few of us. So we started maintaining the fields based on limited hours and limited manpower. And so we had to completely change our management program. And we focused only on the professional fields because we we have an academy attached to us, which is the youth program. But we were focusing just on the uh, professional fields and doing the best we could with the rest of the site, not to let it go too crazy. Uh, a few weeks into that, and we still had no idea when the rest of the team could come back on site. And we had to let a lot of stuff go. Uh, we just had to, we, we were killing ourselves trying to keep up with everything. And we had to just let it go and say, you know, the, the team understands, the club understands, the management understands. We just can't do this. And it, it's going to take time when we come back, but we will eventually get it back to normal. It's just, it's, it has to look this way. You know, we're under, we're in a pandemic. Yeah, things aren't You did the be- best job to maintain you could during a pandemic. Yeah. 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 But the number one, our number one purpose for being there was to maintain the first team playing field so that when, as soon as they were allowed back on site, it was playable. And sure. we did that. So it was a big accomplishment. Yeah. That's terrific. I want, and you did a great job kind of walking us through what that looked like. There was, there was a, I would assume, you know, rewind kind of to, from where, where you ended there, you know, the news breaks, right. And then right at the beginning, it's a joke. Everyone thinks that it's just the flu. And then a few weeks later, it, it's beginning to get much more serious. And then right, the country shuts down at some point, you know, between it being a joke and things being completely shut down. Uh, I believe you were given the decision, you know, would you like to come home early? Are you going to try and stay? I would love to hear what went through your mind when, you know, obviously Ohio State saying, you know, we can get you home if you need to, if you want to come home, you can stay if you'd like to stay. Why don't you just walk us through what your thoughts were on that and, you know, what, why you decided you ended up staying and, and getting to complete the internship? Of course, yeah. Yeah, so I was, I was given uh, the decision. Mike O'Keefe uh, contacted me and said, you know, this is, this is up to you. This is your internship. You worked hard to get here. It's whatever you feel comfortable doing. And I had already talked to my parents and uh, I was, I was pretty well set on, I, if I had the choice to stay, I wanted to stay. Um, I was there for six months and this happened in the first three weeks. And my thought is, you know, this is going to come, we're going to be out, you know, for a few weeks to a few months maybe. And hopefully things will be back in order by the time I have to get on a plane. And to be honest, I didn't think it was going to last more than two months. It lasted till right now. I mean, it, it hasn't, it hasn't ended. Yeah. I was able to get on a plane and come home. Um, the borders did shut down at a point while I was over there. Um, President Trump wasn't letting anybody come into the U.S. Uh, emails were actually sent out that said I had one week that if I wanted to come home, I had to come home and the borders were going to shut. And I stayed and I said, well, you know, that this is it. So <laughs> no turning back. And um, it, it did cut it a little close. Um, before things opened uh, back up before I came home, but they did. And I got a plane ticket and uh, everything was fine. Yeah. How long was the, the total time you were abroad? A full six months from February to August. And how different was that from what you and Mike had initially planned? Was that, was that the time you guys, that the program was already going to be, or did it end up being longer because of COVID? 
No, it actually ended up being two weeks shorter because I had to quarantine for two weeks before sure. I could start Ohio State. And I planned it. So I, I took a semester off and I started right before, or I came back home right before the semester started. Sure. That makes a lot of sense. So you kind of shared already how the internship went, you know, how it changed, obviously, because of the pandemic. And I, I loved your answer about, you know, you guys had to really prioritize what were the top key things that needed to happen with a short staff, obviously, what you were able to maintain. But what other lessons would you say that you learned just while being a, operating abroad, being an intern abroad during a pandemic? You know, anything that you feel like you gained from that experience? I realized how important um, relationships are and how important it is to stay in contact with people. I reached out to so many people uh, just in the turf industry alone. We're, we're a very tight knit group of people. So I said that we go to the national conference and you make lots of networking. Uh, that's another plug I'll put in. Talk to as many people as you possibly can. It's amazing the connections you'll make. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, it's a small world. And um, a lot of people were, they knew I was over there and they were reaching out. And, you know, we kind of stayed in contact regularly throughout the entire thing. And it was, it was good um, talking with my family. Um, you know, I went from pretty much talking to them one time a week to uh, quite a few and uh, it was really nice. And that's something that I always wanted to maintain after, after COVID, after isolation um, slowed down. Well, it's probably, it was probably great practice to have to be a little bit more intentional with the way you were communicating because now we'll get to it in a second, but obviously you're not living in Ohio, you know, right now after, after uh, all this is completed, but we'll save that uh, for a few minutes down the road. Um, I mean, you, you've kind of given us a lot of the high points, but just anything else you say, like highlights of the internship or takeaways from your experience abroad you'd like to share? Yeah, getting out and exploring. I had um, planned on doing a lot of exploring while I was over there. I actually had tickets to Spain because I knew the head groundskeeper at um, Real Madrid, which is one of the greatest teams in the world. I had met him again at the conference. Um, he's really good friends with uh, one of my turf grass professors at Ohio State. Had bought the tickets to go see him in Spain and two weeks later they closed the borders and we weren't allowed to fly in and out. Wow. So that is unfortunate, but restrictions got looser towards the end of my time there. I was able to go hiking locally. Some of uh, the people I worked with were making a point to help drive me around and show me as much as possible and visit as many cities as possible. Yeah, so we went to uh, the Peak District and the Lake District, which are just two of the most incredible places that you could go hiking while you're in England. And uh, I saw just some... Uh, views that I almost like fantasies like this this can't exist in real life you know the type of thing you just dream about or see on tv and I got to see him in person and it is just so humbling and amazing and it was a great experience so uh one of my biggest takeaways or advice I could give is it, go explore get to be a part of the culture don't just you know go there and work go there and, and be a part of the community um and and take in all that it has to offer that kind of that kind of, I love that answer and it kind of leads me into you you kind of half answered it but for students that you know maybe are looking for advice and they're kind of thinking about studying abroad what would you take what would you say to any students like in that situation First I'd start out with uh, you have a huge support a network of support around you at Ohio State 
Um, so many people are there for the students and want to see them succeed and, and, and make the most of their college experience, just like Mike did for me. You know, they're not going to leave you hanging or put you in a bad situation. He made sure that I got the experience in the United States before I moved on, um, that sort of thing. You have the support. Reach out, talk to people, get to know people, and just go do it. It's terrifying. I mean, a lot of, uh, a lot of students haven't done anything like this before but you just take it one step at a time. And if you're ever unsure or feel nervous about something, talk to somebody, you know, like pick up the phone, send an email, somebody's gonna give you answers. Um, you're never alone, even when you're out there actually, you know, getting on that plane alone, you're, you're not alone, you're a phone call away. Mm -hmm. um, so just don't, don't be afraid. <laughs> I, that, that was exactly what I, I thought you were going to say. And that's why I wanted to, to kind of hammer home that question. So la last question, your career and internship and educational arc is just, I mean, it's as, as perfect as a movie, really, with the internships that you participated in here in the U.S. and then abroad. And I already know the role it played in your career, but I'd love for you to tell the folks that are listening. Uh, you graduated from Ohio State. What are you doing now? What, what's going on? I started a job with Austin FC, which is a, a professional soccer team in the MLS. Um, it's a brand new team. Uh, this is their inaugural season. I started two months before graduation. Uh, I, I, thanks to COVID, I was able to do all my classes online. I, I flew down, started a job and worked full time and just graduated this weekend. I knew Weston Appefeller, the head groundskeeper here because of my internship in Columbus. Um, my first two volunteer days before the season started were actually under Weston. Weston then came down and began working for Austin FC. Um, about a year later, um, I had the conversation about wanting to join his team. And he stayed in contact with me the entire time I was in England. And we actually set up this position. I came home and started my next semester. And I then actually interviewed for the job. They wanted me for this particular position, even though I wasn't going to be graduated yet. Uh, they um, worked with their HR and modified a lot of things uh, just to get me down there. And my internship experience abroad was was huge with that. One of the biggest conversation starters uh, with anybody you talk to, that was such a big portion of my life. So it just kind of naturally comes up in conversation because you, you get home and, oh, while I was in England, oh, wait, what do you mean you were in England? Oh, yeah, sorry. Like the last six months of my life have been, I mean, that's just what you did, right? People love that and they, they love to hear the story. There's a lot of knowledge that you can bring back and say, you might not actually use it, the practices they were implementing, but you can take that idea and then modify it to what you're doing. And that has a lot of value. And yeah, so the work experience was great. And yeah, here I am in Austin, Texas and loving it and getting sunburned every day. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, one final question. I guess I lied on the last one, but you know, I just from your answers, I think I already know what the answer to this one's going to be, which is do you, do you think that this this education abroad experience that you had is something that you'll kind of keep with you as a memory for the rest of your life because it sounds like it's made a huge impact. Yeah, absolutely. I almost think that uh, the people that are around me every day probably get annoyed because of over in England, shut up about <laughs> it, right? I'm like, well, I mean, sorry, it just I mean, things happened over there to come to my head and then I have to say it, but yeah, it's huge. Um, yeah, I, I love getting to see the United States from an outside perspective. Really, it's really fun to see how other people view us and how much their eyes are always on us. It's also interesting. England, I mean, is, is first world country like us, right? You don't think it's that different. 
the grocery stores, the amount of choices we have in our grocery stores is incredible. You wouldn't believe um, how limited other countries are. And that, that's, that itself is eye-opening to me. Um, we have so much opportunity and we have no idea that we have it. We, don't, we have no idea that other places don't have it. Uh, and I, we take it for granted a lot. It's amazing. And I think that, that that's similar to the thing that a lot of students say, which is one of the one of their favorite parts about traveling to any other country is just being able to compare, right, the similarities and the differences. So anyway, Rachel, thank you so much for chatting with us today. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the folks at home? If you're thinking about traveling abroad, go do it. <laughs> <laughs> you rock, Rachel. Um, thank you for thank you for joining us and just sharing your amazing story with us. And uh, we look forward to chatting with you and following your career down the line. Okay. Yeah, thanks for having me.